0: everyone, welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. I'm very excited to have Sarah Menlove back with us today to talk about intuition and spirituality. If you listened to early episodes, you would know that Sarah herself had her HA recovery journey, which led her in a place of personal development and personal growth. As a result of that, it's led her to an array of different career paths, one now where she does focus on that spirituality and intuitive side. So without further ado, welcome Sarah.
1: Thank you so much for having me back Jade, it's so nice to be here and yeah like we were saying at the start before we came on live just how nice it is to witness the journey and the transformation of one another so
0: yeah really cool to be back. Yes it's so fabulous and of course I'm always following along on your Instagram page where you've got a whole lot of things going on. Um, did you want to mention some of the practices you're doing at the moment and the experience? I've, I've got quite the interest in the cacao ceremonies, could you tell us cool. a little bit about that? yeah
1: oh just for anyone who hasn't um connected with me before or who hasn't heard previous interviews um yeah Jade and I connected when we were both journeying through our HA recovery process and uh, at the time when um, we connected and when I was on previous interviews I was doing a bit of work in that area supporting others who were going through that and also doing a lot of work around body image and intuitive eating And that's been a huge part of the work that I've been sharing in the world for the last three years in in a coaching sense, and still still really passionate about supporting a woman especially to reconnect to their bodies in a way that is is loving and, and nurturing and healing body image. And yeah, I guess what Jade's been mentioning is my kind of transition away from maybe the more logical, structured approach to some of those modalities into. Slightly more intuitive and spiritually guided way of sharing. And recently, I've been working with the medicine of cacao, and I can share a little bit more about that. I've been also incorporating breath practices and guided meditation journeys to support people to find a sense of wholeness and love within themselves and connection to the deeper aspects, the deeper part of of who they are, which leads to quite profound healing I've found without as much um, logical comprehension of it because we are getting out of that conscious mind and connecting to the deeper parts of self in those experiences so that's been something that I've been really passionate about sharing over the last six months or so yeah would you like me to share a bit more about cacao and is that yeah absolutely Yeah. So for those of you who haven't heard of cacao, cacao is a beautiful plant medicine from the Amazon, from Central America and South America. And cacao, when used in sacred ways, when used with intention, can really be a beautiful medicine to support in opening the heart, to support in connecting to ourselves, to our emotions and to our feminine energy which i've found both in myself and in so many of the clients that i've worked with over time we have become very disconnected from as a as a whole as a society which is you know starting on an individual level as well and yeah cacao has many healing properties i won't go into all of all of the things that she offers here today but the way that we are sharing this medicine, uh, myself and many other practitioners that are working with cacao now, is really connected to her ancient roots. So, not necessarily even calling it a ceremony, calling it a circle, um, because the tradition of cacao, you know, a ceremony would be with a shaman, would be done in the jungle with a fire, and I'm really aware of yeah of those practices and not. Well, how to say, you know, really respecting where this medicine comes from and knowing our place within that and respecting that she comes from a long line, tens of thousands of years of history through the Aztecs, the Mayans and the Olmecs, who are the original custodians of this of this sacred medicine. And we're very privileged to be able to access her teachings and her wisdom here in our society today and so you may have heard of cacao um, in smoothies and recipes and whole foods cooking and those sorts of things and this cacao is different in that it is um, it comes from a theobromine cacao plant and it is done in yeah done in ritual done in a setting where we are, are drinking this this medicine this cacao which yeah is chocolate is the rawest <laughs> purest, purest form of chocolate um, yeah. and it's yeah it's not sweet like our usual hot chocolate drinks it's it's very um, earthy and can be a little bit bitter but it is beautiful and can really lead to some heart opening experiences and deeper layers of connection mm.
0: so when you are in the circle and you are doing that um I guess ritual is that something that you prepare with the women that you're working with at the time or is it something that you sort of pre-prepare beforehand what would a a ceremony look like when you're holding one
1: yeah um so when I'm when I'm leading a space so it'll be a kind of like a workshop you know but it's something that someone signs up to come along to I prepare the cacao before I'll um comes in in a beautiful block uh, just like a block of chocolate but like really really large and yeah anyway, I prepare the cacao um bring it into the space and we'll heat heat it in the space and then the circle will be set up and we will open this space together with some sacred Peruvian invocations connecting with the directions the elements and then oh, yeah Prior to that, I'll serve the cacao and we'll pass the cacao around in cups. And mostly with these experiences, it's a really inward journey. Um, So eyes closed for an hour and a half or so, connecting with this medicine and doing practices like the breath, um, sometimes mantra, different meditations to go inwards. So yeah, and then we can incorporate different activities if there's connection that wants to be formed as well. So it can be based on what the, the group or the people are asking for, or if it's something that I've created that a whole different group of people are coming to, then it's usually a very inward journey. Yeah, for...
0: Yes, and it's a, the inward journey that can be the most difficult. So while I haven't experienced the, the KKO journey, it's something that I definitely would love, love to at some point in time. Um, but I guess the first time when we sort of connected and resonated with that inward journey was the idea that we went from our HA recovery life which was very, I guess, in the masculine, it was very much dominated by rules and regulations and judgments of society and what we were expected. Well, even what we just thought we were expected to do and be from everybody else, whether that was something that we created on our own or something we actually felt from an external source. Um, And the pathway from sort of being in that lane versus, I guess, where you are now is is quite different because suddenly you know there's not literally a textbook explanation for some things and you are trusting essentially an inner voice or something that's guiding you and you're having faith in something greater than i guess the rules and regulations world that we're familiar with and for some women or men that are listening to this podcast right now they might sort of go oh all this talk's a bit woo-woo like it's all a bit much and That's so normal (laughs) and so common because it does tend to be sort of dip one toe in the water, see the change that it makes in your world, and then you get a little bit more interested in another path or another journey or another methodology. Um, For me, it very much started with meditation and then I went into Reiki healing and then it's led into other forms of energy healing. And I know that's something that you've explored as well. How would you suggest someone who is embarking on that journey they're stuck in this masculine sort of world rules regulations they're trapped by their thoughts but they want to break free they want to be able to dig deep and listen to their intuition but they don't know which part of them's their intuition and which part of them's just this preconceived idea and even if they did some of the thoughts are so loud that it's like, how do I shush them? How, how do I get from where I am now to say where you are, or even just halfway there? Where, where do we begin?
1: Yeah. Well, firstly, I'm still doing that work myself. So <laughs> yeah, I, I may I might have a few more tools in my toolkit or have, you know, done some of these practices for a little bit longer, but we're all on this journey together. And so I think that's important to understand, you know, I still have thoughts I still have fears I still have things that I'm working through you know and I don't actually now where I'm at I don't expect to get rid of those fears I now have a relationship with them where I'm able to navigate them with more grace and I'm choosing to listen to something that's a deeper part of myself so I think one of the first things we get to do is notice where we're trying to get rid of something whether that's getting rid of our thoughts getting rid of our feelings trying to change the way that we are and instead learn how to be with what's there in a more compassionate way and for a long time for me mindset work did kind of go down that path of how can I get rid of all these things and change these things about myself and I believe there is, um, yeah, there is a, a definitely an importance to mindset work. I still do a lot of mindset work with myself and my clients. Mm-hmm. And there's also the part where we, we get to go, okay, if fears are a, are a natural and understandable part of being human, how do I want to relate with them? How do I want to speak to myself through the fears? And a lot of our thoughts come from that place as well, right? So awareness being the first place. Instead of um, quietening the mind, can we be with what's in the mind and notice? And when we go, how can we tell what's conditioned and how can we tell what's intuition? And we're starting to become aware of the sorts of things that are going through our mind. We can begin to become aware of the types of language that we're using. And the way that we're making our decisions in the world. So if we're making our decisions based on I should do that, I have to do that, um, and using words like that, then chances are that's coming from conditioning or that's coming from, from fear, right? We think we have to do something or we should do something. And, and then going a little bit deeper, like why? Oh, because if I don't, then... I might not, you know, be liked or so so and so won't agree with me if I don't do it like that. Mm-hmm. And then we're actually starting to unravel where our behaviours are coming from and going a little bit deeper into, into those thoughts and going, oh, well, I wonder where I learned that. I wonder where I learned that I had to be a certain way in order for, myself to feel in order to feel like I belonged or in order to feel safe Um, yeah and then we're getting more to the root of where that behavior has come from so our thoughts get to be a gateway into deeper healing I guess essentially
0: do you find yeah no absolutely It, it um the way you explained it it seems as though I guess and that's where the mindset work I guess is the the foundation of it because it's very much okay let's identify the fear why are we feeling it? Which could be the idea of what you think is going to happen based on your external world, your own internal thoughts. Um, and then once you, I guess you break that down, then you can ask the question of, all right, well, am I making all these decisions based on somebody else? What I think is expected of me? Or am I making this decision based purely on me? And then I guess once you keep almost how you, how you draw a mind map, it'll keep tearing down, tearing down until you end up with the core thought of, no no this is actually what I think and what I feel and what I want which is that's your intuition because that's that's the core that's Mm -hmm. exactly what you need and want Um, but I guess the the exploration of those fears and finding out the source is how you can I guess tune into that side of intuition
1: yeah and I I would say that the awareness is key right Mm -hmm. if you don't know what is conditioned then how can you choose from a place that's not
0: conditioned
1: Mm. so we're kind of we're like pulling all the stuff out that's not really us and so then when we're at when we get rid of all that those external layers then we get to what's our own truth and we can be asking ourselves that along that process right if we're going okay I'm noticing my thoughts there's a lot of shoulds here I'm feeling like I have to do this thing or I can't say no to this, but I really want to. Then we get to sit with, okay, I've noticed that this is coming from conditioning. I don't necessarily need to know where that came from right now, but I want to start to make my choices from me, from, from what's true for me in this moment. Mm-hmm. What, and then we ask that question, what do I want? What do I truly want? And that gets to be the practice, right, of starting to go, even though my mind is telling me this, I really should do this. This is what I've done my whole life. But what I want is this. And we make that other choice. And then we're starting to shift our our patterning.
0: And doesn't that seem to be a scary question? What do I want? Especially at the start, because it's almost as though there's a level of guilt attached to it it's why should you prioritize what you want and um and not even when you talk about in an exercise world or health and fitness it could be a job it could be relationships it could be um you know even social gatherings and catch-ups and things like that always feeling like you have to say yes 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 because the idea of you know someone else being disappointed or um, and even on a lighthearted front, they just wanted to catch up with you for a coffee and you don't like the idea of them going, oh, well, they've got no one to have a coffee date with. It doesn't even have to be a big thing. But the amount of energy that you drain by just always saying, yes, 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 or I should or I will, um, when you might not be feeling like that's the best option for you. One, it becomes exhausting. Two, it can almost feed itself that be- you become that exhausted of saying yes, that you, you can't even fathom the idea of saying no because you kind of just roll into everything. Um, did you find that when you're sort of really starting to pay attention to these thoughts and fears and um, exploring what it is that you truly want that it sort of did work like a muscle where if you go no, I'm going to honor what I actually do want to do today. And then in the next 24 48 hours you realize, oh, you know what that's exactly what I needed. I feel better for making that decision. And then the next time you're sort of at a crossroad again where it's like, oh, I probably should do this, but, you know, I really don't want to. All right, I'm I'm just going to do what's right for me. And then you've got sort of two on that side. And then eventually you get to a place where I don't need to feel bad about doing what's right for me because if I do what's right for me now, I'm actually better equipped to help everybody else later
1: Yeah totally and I think um, with that when you're in that practice you're noticing the fears that you have and then you're consistently challenging them and you'll be receiving feedback Mm. so you might notice that you had all these stories coming up about why it wasn't okay for you to trust yourself or do what it was you wanted and then when you did that you realized that that didn't happen Mm and you've just received this feedback that it's safe and it's okay for you to say yes to your desires. And potentially there will be, this is like, I guess, when you look at setting boundaries and things like that as well, when you start to do things differently your way than the way you might have in the past, there might be some people that those fears are true. Some people will be uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what we get to work with. It's like, yeah, some people are gonna be uncomfortable with you making choices that are right for you because they also potentially have that conditioning that they mm-hmm. haven't yet worked through. And when we stop taking responsibility for other people's emotions, for the way other people feel, and we start taking responsibility for ourselves, then that's something that we'll potentially have to navigate. And that's, that gets to be really empowering for both sides. Right like for the other person who's like oh that means it's okay for me to say no as well or for yes. me to honor what I need and also for you and it's that beautiful mirror that we get to share with other people in our lives when we start to really honor ourselves
0: yeah um and that's that's a really important point too because you might face some resistance when it first comes to you honoring what you need Um, whether it be cancelling of plans or not following a career path that everyone thought that you would or changing your diet or your exercise routine or things like that. In the perfect world, it's, you know, let's make a change. Everyone's going to accept it. Um, And sometimes the hardest part is you feel that slightest pull of resistance and it's like, well, I I can't. Like I I can't keep pushing against this. Um, And there's such strength required in order to keep persisting with whatever it is that you're doing in order to honour yourself if you have clients or even with your own personal experience where, you know, you are beginning to honor what you mentally, physically, spiritually need. And someone really close to you, friend, family member, partner um, sort of says, what are you doing? Like, stop it. You're always here for me when I need you. Well, um, but not on the emotional level. Well, suddenly you're, you know, a horrible friend or anything like that. Just, I can't do coffee today. Something really simple, but someone you really care about, is not happy with that answer how how do you suggest people sort of work through that and not have the guilt associated with disappointing somebody
1: Mm. Mm. I think there's a few different levels to that where you're kind of teaching by example in a way so for the most part like when it comes to a coffee or you know those sorts of things we'd hope that people will be glad that we're honoring ourselves. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe for some of the bigger life decisions, there will be some, some people that have their own ideas about what it is that we're choosing. And for me, what it always comes back to is the only person that I can control is myself. You know, the only, yeah, and everyone else, their reaction to the way that I choose to live my life is is not my responsibility as long as you know I'm not out there harming people obviously (laughs) right when it comes to making decisions for me um that's that's my responsibility and we can lovingly thank people for caring about us most of the time it comes from a place of care when people are kind of like why are you doing that you know yeah um express what we need, you know, and say, hey, actually what I need from you right now is support, and if you can't give that to me, like, I understand, but I'd prefer that we didn't continue along this line of conversation, or, you know, like, really creating some boundaries around how we communicate when it comes to those sorts of things, but also holding space for the other person to be in their experience, right, like, Mm. they feel uncomfortable, great, are growing
0: mm. i think what you said about the the communication too because we kind of underestimate how letting people into where we're at how beneficial it is so literally this i can't commit to whatever plan it is, is, is as an example and here's why um n- most of the time especially from my own experience it totally diffuses um any kind of resentment or hostility towards the person because suddenly they go oh you just need some time out oh okay no worries. I thought it could have been something else, and it can often be that person's vulnerabilities that's made them react that way. Because suddenly they feel like they're being shut out or rejected, or there's a disconnect, and they panic. Where and that's I guess where you're seeing under their experience as well is you don't know why they're reacting the way they are unless you bring it to the forefront. And most of the time, addressing how you feel and why you're feeling it will pretty soon reveal why they're reacting the way they're reacting too. And then you're sort of back to your base again because you're both understanding where you're at at that point in time.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And like you said, their, their reaction is 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 a sign of their vulnerability. Mm. And whether they are in a place where they're exploring that or not, I mean, that's, that's uh, to them, right? It's like, yeah, that can go a whole... Yeah, But I've found personally as well, when I look at my own life experience and just being honest and and vulnerable, I might even say something like, hey, I'm really, I'm really practicing honoring myself at the moment. And it feels quite uncomfortable for me to say that I don't, I don't have the capacity to come to this event that you've invited me to, because I feel like in the past I would have come. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But, you know, just because I would have said yes to everything. But right now, I'm really practicing honoring myself and I don't have the capacity to come to something like that. And just owning it, you know, just really owning that that feels uncomfortable to say and you're afraid that they might take it the wrong way, whatever you're afraid of. and When you name it, it it diffuses it and that other person gets to receive you and your vulnerability as well and go like, wow, usually, thank you. Like, Mm. thank you for being honest about that. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted you to come if you felt like you had to as well. So things like that.
0: Yeah. It really is the power to vulnerability. And I know years ago, the idea of being vulnerable was something I completely closed off from like anything that made me upset or caught off guard or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I'd get so emotional in my room or in the shower or whatever it might be, but I could not let anybody in. They weren't allowed to see any form of emotion other than, you know, I'm happy to be here, personal trainer, happy, sort of, (laughs) go lucky. And yeah, you probably would have experienced it too. It's just this crazy facade of life is full of rainbows and butterflies and deep down some days you just feel crushed. Like you're so exhausted from being that person for everyone. And people come to trust that you don't have those down moments because you're always so happy and excited all the time that the idea of you going, oh, I just need a minute to calm down, it's a bit of an earth-shattering moment to them because it's like, oh, but I've known you for three years and you've never needed some quiet time. Like, what is this? Um, But I did notice that through the HA journey in particular, when I started to take a step back and actually go, no, this is actually what I'm feeling today. And this is what I need to do to either lift my mood up or maybe just ground me a little bit more. Um, actually allowing space to feel vulnerable and to let other people know that I was feeling vulnerable, it, it almost like it allowed me to become the person that I wanted to be because I wasn't sort of literally I wasn't caged in anymore. I wasn't caged in by the idea of um literally not feeling (laughs) Um, but then suddenly you let those walls down and it's it's literally like a flower growing you know it shape shifts and there's all new layers to it and there's color and there's vibrance and um while no one wants to have the down days actually allowing yourself to have them makes the happier ones so much better
1: yeah and it sounds to me like in that you were no longer putting on a facade for someone else no longer putting on a mask in order to be seen a certain way and Mm. in fact allowing your true self to be seen both by others and by you and that's the vulnerability and we talk about um, reconnection with spirituality I don't see it as a as a connection with well this entity outside of ourselves I really see all of this work as spiritual through the work that I was doing with people around body image and HA recovery up until now. And yes, sitting in circles, sitting in ritual, that might be more well, like seen as spiritual, but I feel that all of this work is spiritual because it's reconnecting us with our true selves. Mm. It's releasing the masks that we wear in order to be perceived a certain way by others, whether that's having our body be a certain size or being Happy all the time, or always having energy, being high vibe—you know these ways that we might present outwardly. When inwardly something different is going on, that's Mm -hmm. when we are we are disconnecting from ourselves.
0: If someone comes to you, sort of saying that they they feel disconnected and they know that they are, and they follow people on Instagram that look really spiritual and they're enjoying nature and they're maybe doing energy healing work and things like that, but they don't, they don't know anything about it. They just know that they read these posts and go, I I feel drawn to it. There's something about me that really, I don't know. I feel comfort around it. I like the idea of it, Um, but I don't know what to read. I don't know where to start. How, how can I just enjoy silence or how can I sort of be at peace with myself if you're in that sort of racing mind front and you just you want to start to explore that world where where's a good place to start
1: the stillness with self I really and I'm sure you probably navigated that in your journey as well but when you find it really hard to be with yourself it's a good chance that there's something there that you're not wanting to sit with Mm -hmm. and and that can come in many different ways that we try and escape ourselves um but yeah it might be a very short time like it might be five minutes once a day five minutes two or three times a day where you intentionally sit in silence with yourself and notice what's there and then notice the discomfort that arises or all the reasons why you don't have time for that five minutes one day
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and yeah catch all those little resistances that come up and do it anyway do it when it's uncomfortable and when you're there and you feel like you've done nothing because it's really not about doing anything and like we talked about at the start masculine and feminine energy and bringing ourselves back um, into balance through reconnecting with the feminine is all about being and I think we might have even talked about this on a podcast I'm not sure but how we we are human beings right mm-hmm. we're not human doings and so to think that we need to say meditation for example that we haven't done enough in our meditation like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny isn't it but that's what can come up in the mind I, I'm, I know that I've had those sorts of thoughts like oh that, I don't, that didn't go very well Mm -hmm. what was I what was my expectation that I'd placed on this what was the outcome that I hoped to achieve versus what if I could just be with whatever be with whatever arises be with myself and that be enough
0: on the meditation front I it definitely is something that takes practice and consistency um when did you start meditating
1: um probably before I went overseas so maybe like four years ago
0: and was that sort of when you started venturing into your HR recovery or was that beforehand
1: yeah no around that time yeah I I might have done a little I've done a bit of yoga before that I think Mm -hmm. um and then got more into like yoga guided meditations and even now I still uh, kind of kind of explore what feels good for me, what I'm curious in, you know, whether it's guided or whether it's more of an energy practice or a breath sequence. But, yeah, it's kind of evolved. But initially it was sort of headspace or something, I think.
0: Yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's something what I was to... leading to as well. It's literally the evolution of meditation because sometimes you hear people who have been meditating for a really long time and they might describe that they, it could have been a five minute practice, but they went on this crazy journey and suddenly they know exactly what they want to achieve in the next 12 months.
1: And (laughs) someone hears
0: it and goes, what do you mean? Like you closed your eyes for five minutes. Or you've got someone who just says, oh, I just, I've meditated for five minutes and I just really feel at peace with myself. And each practice has different results and it's not always necessarily what you set out to do it. You know, sometimes you set an intention and it does work out that way, but other times, Sometimes your mind's just got a, an idea of its own and on that path you go. But I remember at the very start of my meditation journey, it was like pulling teeth. I'd sit there for five minutes with my meditation timer on and all I would sit there thinking about is what I could be doing, what I should be doing, when's the timer going to go off. Um, are you sure it hasn't been five minutes already? So it feels like it's been a really long time. And then over time, it, the, my, my own talk started to silence and and that took a while. I'm glad I was persistent with it because it, it took a long time. And in between, I think I did incorporate some guided meditations. And for anyone, I guess, who's struggling with meditation, the guided meditations are lovely. Um, and there's some really nice ones on YouTube, even where they just talk you through um, it could even be like a childhood experience. And, you know, it was something that was really unpleasant for you. And you're going back and just telling yourself it's okay. And you don't actually understand the gravity, some of those meditations of God until you've experienced it. So for those people, I guess, that sort are of venturing into that journey, it doesn't have to be that sit in silence, do nothing for five minutes. And it really is an exploration of finding, do you need the guidance? Do you need to be focusing on the sound of of rain falling and you just try and nitpick every little raindrop you can hear or perhaps you've got candles and you're just sitting there watching the flame wave and that's what can silence your thoughts from when you started with say the headspace app what have been some of your favorite practices along the way Um, and what's your favorite one now if you have one
1: yeah cool thank you for asking that do you mind if I just reflect on what you said I just feel like that. oh was please so, do yeah yeah <laughs> I just feel like when you shared about um what you were thinking like I should be doing this I should be doing that or you know I've got all these so busy yeah like, yeah it's like cool that's the practice that's the list you know there's mm-hmm. something in everything and yeah it's like what is the intention and when the intention isn't necessarily to silence the mind but to notice what's present then you get to receive that lesson and you go oh I didn't silence my mind today but I learned a lot about myself Mm -hmm. and maybe a pattern that's showing up in my life
0: definitely yeah
1: and then and then if you choose to explore that there might be some deeper exploration and as the time that you were doing it, this was probably where you went with that around
0: yeah. where what? can
1: I mm. like be more, not feel like I have to be doing all the time. What, what is that coming from that sort of thing? But you know, when you're choosing the meditation that you're going down to be able to use the practice as a way to notice where you're taking yourself out of your experience and where you're going, whether you're going, because for some people, you might be going into the past, right, you might be worrying about conversations that you had with someone earlier that day, Mm. and other people will be going into the future, and then you've come back to your breath, and then you come to presence, and then you notice where you go next, anyway, that's just a bit of a tangent, but I guess that's where silence, short bursts of silent meditation can support you to understand, and bring awareness to where your thoughts are at and where your energy is going and potential patterns.
0: Yeah, especially on the where your energy is going too, because you might notice that even if your mind's incredibly busy at the start, um, there's some thoughts. So when I first started, it was like something would come into my mind and I'd almost visually imagine it coming through as a sentence. And then I would try and just like push it away. I, I don't need it anymore. Or it would be something that no matter how much I tried to, literally push it out of the way I couldn't and that's where my pathway began because it's like why are you so stuck on that Mm. why why can't you let it go and for some part it could have been a to-do list it could have been literally a task that I needed to do and then in that case it's like all right well are you putting too much emphasis on the task or should you have just done the task before you started your meditation because then you could have actually sat with it and sometimes that's a big part too it's like pick the right time to meditate because it's normal to have a list of things to do and that that's okay that's life but you need to set yourself up for success and if you're not in a position where you can sort of try and relax and get in tune with yourself well you're kind of pushing rocks uphill Mm. it's a little bit tricky Um, But I guess I've completely gone off track because I was going to ask you about your favorite practices and sort of how they've evolved along the way. Did you want to talk about that, sort of what your favorite ones are and different things you've done in the past?
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, so I have a few guided meditations that are kind of like my go-tos and my people that that I'll listen to if I'm feeling... Um, ones mainly for like for sleep, for relaxation, those type of ones. But what I've found and connected to most recently, and what I'm sharing now, is breath. And in terms of, we have talked a lot about quietening the mind, and in terms of quietening the mind and getting into a space where I can connect with a deeper part of myself, and where I can also be more open and receptive to receive inner guidance, intuition. Messages, whatever you want to call that, which is greater, coming through and coming from within. Um, the breath has been a really powerful practice to support me in that, and I've tried lots of different breath works, and I still do lots of different sequences. But yeah, the the most simple ones are following the breath, and many meditations have that as a practice anyway.
0: Mm.
1: And some of the ones that I do more now are a little more invigorating and with some breath holds. So in the breath hold, you're sitting in a space of holding the breath and feeling sensations in the body. And if it's guided, there might be if I'm guiding it, for example, I might be sharing affirmations or providing some guidance to that person as to where they might be feeling things or exploring things. Um, Yeah, but it creates it creates space, I guess. And when we talked about reactions earlier, the breath can be a way to create space between the experience that you're having and the reaction that comes to that experience because you've got what feels like more space to to respond um yeah I guess that's it's probably one of my favorite ways to drop into meditation is to start with some breath
0: would you like to do an example of some breath work with us
1: yeah would you like to participate I would love to
0: yes because I know it's it's becoming more and more common um the idea of doing breath work but I don't think that it's something that a lot of people have been exposed to so um obviously if we can do a little introduction and sort of get more people aware about it that's that's a wonderful thing
1: yeah I'm gonna do I'll do a very simple one so it's very much like our natural breath the first thing before I begin is so many of us don't breathe from our bellies, um, especially if you've been trained to suck in, to stand tall, to keep everything tight. Six-pack
0: abs, what? You know, <laughs> those
1: sorts of things that Jane and I both come from. So um, the first thing I want you to do is just let go of your belly because when we breathe, I'm going to be inviting you to breathe when you inhale to allow your belly to expand. And when you exhale to feel your belly contract and the breath will be coming in through the nose and out through the mouth I might see if I can pop some gentle music on and we'll breathe for a four count in and a four count out and through the nose out through the mouth super simple it'll be relaxing and then at the end of a few minutes I'll invite you onto a breath hold does that sound okay
0: sounds wonderful
1: and just for anyone who um, hasn't done breath holds before if you're pregnant if you have a heart condition if you have epilepsy serious respiratory condition or are under the influence of drugs or alcohol the breath hold isn't recommended the rest of the breath sequence you can do and then participate and just come back to your natural breath as we go into our hold we'll hold for about a minute and if at any time during that hold you feel the need to breathe take a short booster breath which is short inhale sharp exhale and then hold again and just allow any sensations to move through your body and notice what you're feeling and as best you can relax into the space and there may be discomfort with the breath hold that's totally natural and again like meditation it's an opportunity to explore what's coming up and to soften into that space so yeah we'll we'll trust the flow of it yes okay I'll just find um a song
0: yeah no take your time thank you it'll be a really nice opportunity for everyone to experience it okay
1: can you hold can you hear this and me
0: yeah perfect Fair enough. okay
1: Okay everyone, so thank you for joining me in this practice, wherever you are, find a comfortable seat where you can close down your eyes, preferably with a nice straight spine, relaxed belly, and before we begin, we'll just tune in together, taking a few breaths in our natural breath cycle, beginning to feel yourself held and supported by the ground beneath you. Noticing the feeling of your hands resting on your legs. Maybe noticing your feet resting on the floor. Just take a moment to notice the air around you, the sounds around you as you let go of everything that's gone on today. And allow yourself to come into a place of stillness and connection. Knowing that you are safe here. That there is no right way to do this. Trusting that you have been breathing your whole life. And now we just get to do it with a little more awareness. So we will begin breathing in through the nose for four and out through the mouth for four. Three, two, one. Inhale, exhale. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. In, two, three, four out, two, three, four. That's it, inhale. Exhale. Inhale, filling your belly. Exhale, letting go. Beautiful breath. In, out. in, out, in, out, you're doing it perfectly, that's it, inhale deeply into your belly, expanding, and exhale, feeling yourself softening and letting go, Perfect, inhale, exhale, one more minute to go, in, out, beautiful breath, keep flowing with this, into your belly, allowing this fresh oxygen to open you up, and as you exhale, feel yourself soften into the space, letting go. Inhale. Exhale. In, two, three, four, out. Two, three, four, beautiful. Three more. In. Out. That's it, in. Out. Final breath in. Out. This time exhaling all the air from your lungs and holding here on the exhale. Letting everything go. Letting your shoulders soften. Noticing what you feel now, any sensations moving through your body. Letting yourself surrender into the silence and the stillness and the space that lies here. Taking a booster breath whenever you need to. Returning to your hold. We're nearly there. You're doing so well. In 10 seconds, we'll inhale together. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Taking a full deep inhale. Pausing at the top and holding and just allowing yourself to bring to heart something that you're so deeply grateful for in this moment. And then exhale, feel that gratitude radiate through your entire body. As you return to the space that you're sitting in, taking a moment to notice energy that's moving through you now, maybe the physical sensations, notice any change in how you're feeling now compared to how you were feeling at the start and taking a moment to acknowledge yourself for being willing to explore, to go inward, to to take this time for yourself. Once again, bringing your awareness to the chair that you are sitting on, to the floor beneath your feet, to your hands resting on your legs, bringing your awareness to your physical surroundings and the sounds in your room that you are in. Maybe placing your hands over your heart, if that feels good, and just allowing yourself to receive a gentle touch, the warmth and the love that radiates from your own hands into your own body. And taking a moment with this touch, with this love that you're giving to yourself. And slowly come back when you feel ready.
0: I always get so emotional when gratitude comes into meditations. Isn't that so nice? <laughs> All the time. I um, it'd be really interesting to see what different things come up for people when they just did that, that practice. Um, but for me, when you said, think of something you're so grateful for, and it was just an image of John holding Cosima. Um, and yeah, every time that sort of comes into the forefront of my mind, I just, it's such a beautiful feeling because, um, you know, that's something I never thought was achievable for me. Um, so for me, like that's, that's really, you know, in the core of my heart. Um, and I don't know if people have done or haven't done breath work before, but, because I have had that little bit of practice my emotions get thrown out so much easier in a positive way like I feel emotional but it's a very good feeling of emotion it's nothing nothing terrible um this is still one of my first engagements with breathwork so I thought maybe I could share with you other things that I witnessed and I guess of course I'd like interpreter- to hear. yeah just because I know people sort of get that I am like, I love what you said about you. You've been breathing all of your life. You can't get it wrong because it's natural to sort of go. Oh, am I breathing for long enough? Is it too short? Is it? And my hands in the right position. And I like how you said just your hands are on your legs. It wasn't they're covering your knees or they're cupping each other. It was just very much what whatever feels right for you. Just go with that. Um, so for me, when I was going through the breath work, I tend to get like a buzzing through my body. It's almost as though there's a layer underneath my skin and it kind of vibrates. Um, and for me it, it does radiate through my whole body and so I've got Reynards disease so I've got bad circulation in my hands and feet and it was a lot worse when I was really like teeny tiny and exercising all the time with your body fat so low um, and it's not as bad now but I've always found that when I do meditation and breath work and I get that sort of glowy buzzy feeling it goes straight to my fingers and my toes which mm. is due to circulation I normally don't get that so the for me, the mind-body connection is quite strong, um, and obviously that that's taken time. That didn't happen the first time I meditated. Um, do you sometimes get the feedback that people sort of feel like a buzzing sensation, or kind of like an electricity, or a glowing sort of feeling? Um, what are some common things you come across when you work with people through those breathwork practices?
1: Yeah I think one of the most common ones is yeah a connection to the feeling body so whether that's um, they describe that maybe as buzzing as energy moving as tingling sensations Um, and for a lot of people it's a sense of aliveness inside Mm -hmm. so like you said it's like that layer within that we're kind of connecting to there's something some deeper layer here where there's something moving through me and we can't see that mm. and that's really powerful for a lot of people because they might have only ever related with their body from the external you know from the scene from what, what do I look like or how do, how does how do I feel like on my skin right Mm. but then when you're going into that layer within it's like oh there's there's something else here and I can't see that but I can feel it so it's real Mm. yeah so that's one of especially with the practices that I guide and the breath holds um definitely a lot of physical um sensations that people can yeah
0: and on the the turning inward front it's as though especially because that was a longer duration as well. It wasn't just sort of like a 60 second practice. So it was a little bit longer. And I almost feel like I go out of body in the way that I i don't have, you know, my face, my physical features. You know, when you look in a mirror, you, see, you, you judge yourself, you know, what are my eyes like? What is my nose like? What's my pimples are showing? Am I fat? Am I thin? Am I, you know, you've always got that sort of critique of yourself. And even if you love your body and you're grateful for it, you've It's natural for us to critique little things. But when I go deep into a practice like that, it's as though that side of me doesn't exist anymore. Literally how we said being a human being, Mm. I become that. It's like I'm I'm just here and I'm present and I'm grounded. There's no face value. Um, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense (laughs) to me. (laughs) What I'm hearing is that you're... Yeah, you described it as out of body. I was kind of connecting to out of mind as well because so much of that... When That's we're, probably a
0: better way to describe it. When yeah. we're
1: seeing our, our physical body in a mirror, for example, our mind is creating a story about what we're seeing. Mm. But when our mind isn't creating any stories, then we're not in our minds anymore we're out of our minds
0: <laughs> which yes that's which, like, yeah no, no you're spot on that's exactly cool. yeah but
1: we are can we still it's like who is then this me that's observing the tingling sensations in my body right mm-hmm. so we're going into that space of awareness of the observer now I'm not my body and now I'm not the color of my eyes and I'm not the judgments that I've told myself about who I am and then we get to ask those deeper questions like who am I who is this me that's observing what I'm sensing what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. Um, and at that moment you're connecting with that deeper part of yourself right the the essence and when I said at the start the truth of who you are some people like what does that even mean you know that's the layer without the conditionings that's the layer without the stories without the projections of others that's Mm. that you might say soul you might say essence truth of who you are that's the the connection to that deeper part of yourself I would say you're experiencing
0: yes um and I was also just thinking when I think sort of back to basics of when I first started those meditative kind of practices and things is the idea of having my eyes closed in front of somebody. I would have been peeping my eyes open every two seconds to be like, is is Sarah still got her eyes closed? Or, and honestly, I couldn't tell you what you were doing for that whole five minutes. I've got no idea, um, but just that level of trust that you can actually be there with yourself, with your eyes closed and not worried about whether it's the person leading the breath work or the meditation, or even just someone doing it beside you, you, you don't care anymore. And I think there's some level of freedom just in that alone, because you can actually sit with yourself, enjoy what's happening and not even be worried about is everybody else doing it? Cause it, it doesn't matter. It matters what you're doing. Um, did you notice it? Your... Yeah.
1: Oh, I was just going to say there's a big um, trust in that as well. And I don't take that for granted that someone would trust me to hold that space So you're not only, you know, if you're in a a room with other people, you are to some level trusting them, you're also trusting yourself. And and I was going to make a joke and be like, I was on Instagram the whole time. (laughs) But no, I wasn't. I had my eyes closed too. But yeah, when you can be that comfortable with yourself, that it doesn't matter what the other person around you is seeing or observing, that's when you are, yeah, it's freedom, right? Because you're free from your fear of their judgments which are really just your judgments
0: <laughs> your fear uh, yeah of judgment, absolutely you know? always so yes. yeah
1: yeah that's beautiful thank you for sharing that
0: no it was, it was such a wonderful experience and I'm so glad we got to do it on this episode um I also think that's probably a really nice place for us to just close up the conversation and um with an experience we've sort of discussed about getting in tune and how to develop that spiritual side of ourselves and to really connect within and block out the external and hopefully all of our listeners got to experience that and i will put a timestamp for this spot actually so if people want to go back and just go through that practice um that's something that they'll be able to do now if anyone wants to connect and reach out with you could you refresh us as to where the best place is to find you
1: yeah thank you so much Jade and the best place is still probably Instagram at sarah.menlove and yeah stories when they're not shadow banned
0: from oh, sharing <laughs> too that. many body yeah. parts
1: and things but have you been seeing my stories?
0: Yeah I've been seeing some of the, I think I saw the post where did you do a post about one that it got it got banned the photo got banned or something? Um,
1: I should. yeah yeah I'm still yeah anyway that's a whole nother thing but Hopefully you can see my Instagram page. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, Health. I believe that is. I'll share all those links with you. And yeah, for those of you interested in connecting with your intuition, like we've been talking about, that simple breath, breath practice that we just did where you've created space, whether you experience something like Jade shared or not, it really doesn't matter. You did it perfectly and there's no right or wrong thing to experience it is a practice and from that space after something like that that's when you might feel like you're a little more able to listen to yourself you're able to make clearer decisions you find a bit more of that space that we were talking about between what's happening in front of you and your reaction or response to it and your ability you might you know you might just have an idea pop in you might have something like that come to you whether that's a question you've been asking or a project you've been thinking about and yeah that's because you've created the space for it to arrive to to land and for you to be aware of it so thank you so much for sharing in that with me and for allowing me to guide you that was a real
0: real honor thank you it's been such a pleasure thank you so much sarah i'll link all of those um contacts in the show notes and then i'm sure we will chat again in the future but thank you so much
1: yeah, thank you, Jade. See you soon.